0: As John has uh, indicated, with the exception of the Christmas pageant for the past couple of months, the messages from up here have been centered around aspects of the body of Christ. And uh, I've been asked to throw my two cents in, but my two cents aren't worth anything. They, they make no sense. Uh, that's not what's important. My opinions don't matter. What matters is the word of God. What matters is his will for us, for each of us, for all of us together. And that's what I believe and hope and pray that God has uh, given me to share with you this morning is another aspect about the body that's from him. So if you hear anything that's from me, just throw it out. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. All right. I'd like to share uh, 24 verses from the, ch- second, the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12. Starting in verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God, who works all things and all persons. But to each one, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Would you say to me is given the manifestation of the spirit to me, to you, to me for the common good? Not just for me. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the effecting of miracles. To another, prophecy. Another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less the part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members. God has placed the members, each one of us, in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our unseemly members come to have more abundant seemliness. Whereas our seemly members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body Giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. That there should be no division in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice. Now you, we, are Christ's body. And individually members of it. Let us pray. Father, your word is a lamp to our feet. A light to our path. May it be said of us that. Thy words were found and I ate them. Thy word became to me a joy. May it be our joy today to embrace your will and your word that it would become life to us and we might bless you in these moments. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message is Lone Rangers No More. Lone Rangers no more. I want to talk about the C word. It's not chastity, although that's a great word. Commitment. Commitment. It's not a dirty word. It's a God word. I'm thrilled this morning to know that my God, my Father, has committed Himself to me. Through an everlasting blood covenant. Can never be broken through Jesus Christ. Who could ask for more? I'm convinced today of the words of 1 Timothy 1.12. I have no cause for shame, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is, he is able to guard and keep that which I have entrusted to him until that day. He's committed, and he's able to fulfill his commitment. Praise the Lord for that. I have had a supernatural beginning. The moment he revealed himself to me, and I prayed the sinner's prayer, and I became a born-again son of God. That's a supernatural beginning. I will have a supernatural end. Death, where is thy sting? Where is thy victory? Jesus has conquered death. I will have a supernatural ending. If you want to call it an ending. The question is, will I have a supernatural middle? Are these days, these minutes that I live in this earth suit here on this earth, lived according to his supernatural power? And his supernatural will. Am I obeying every command of his? Am I walking in the fullness of his light? Am I where he wants me to be? Am I doing the things he wants me to do? In Genesis chapter 11, we read about... At about the year 2000 B.C., after the flood, that the whole earth spoke the same language. The people settled in Shinar, building a city and a tall tower which was meant to reach the heavens. This people, unified around a wrong motive, was something... That God himself took notice of what they were able to accomplish. And he came from heaven and says in verse six, behold, they are one people. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible. If God says that a people unified around a wrong motive can accomplish anything, just think what a people united around a right motive can accomplish United around God's truth, united around God's purposes, God's vision. For a people dwelling together in unity in Christ have not his opposition, but all the mighty blessing of heaven. All the great power of God infusing us. If he is for us, who can stand against us? Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brothers to dwell together in unity. For there God commanded the blessing. In John 17, Jesus is praying on the night of his betrayal. And he prays this in verses 22 and 23. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given to them. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them, thou in me. That they may be perfected in unity. That the world may know that thou didst send me. If there is one thing in this world that God desires at all, it's the unity of His church. The commitment and loyalty of his people. Unity begins in me. Paul writes in Ephesians 4 that each of us should walk as prisoners of the Lord. In a matter worthy of our calling. This includes in verse 3 being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So I must ask myself. Is this something I do? Do I care about it? Do I intentionally try to walk in unity? Later in the chapter, Paul adds that the mature Christian will strive not only to preserve what unity there is, but also to attain the unity of the faith to which we are all called. In other words... We're we're called to keep what we have and strive to get more. Without unity, the body cannot achieve any growth or even approach it. And I'm talking about the human body and the body of Christ as well. So Paul admonishes us in verse 15 that we are to grow up in all aspects unto Jesus, the head of the body. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the entire body. What God wills, He empowers to accomplish. He wills unity. He wills growth. To these, he is committed. And if he's committed, so should I be. Now, the PTA is a good group. The Kiwanis, the Rotary, the Optimus, they're good groups. The volunteer firefighters are a good group. The Democrats and the Republicans have a place, I think. But God looks on the world, and the apple of His eye is the church. He He enjoys the Kiwanis and the Rotary and the PTA and the firefighters. God bless them all. But His empowering is on the church. The greatest. Most powerful organization on earth. What could we be? If only we were committed to one another and walked in unity. If only, if only. We read earlier these words from 1 Corinthians 12. For even as the body is one. And yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ for by one spirit. We were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, all made to drink of one spirit. Now, about 15 years ago, I. I took this off of a 7th grader at Scotts Creek School. Uh, They had snuck it into my room and were playing with it. It's a little pointer. And I've been waiting to use this for about 15 years. And today's the day. I don't know how this thing works. It's a mystery to me. I don't even know if it's going to point. Is it working? It was working. Oh, there. Yes. Uh, let's pick. Uh, uh, let's pick that one. All right. Now I want you to count how many other tiles touched that one. How many? How many tiles touch that one? Eight. Somebody's good at math. Eight. Eight tiles touch that one. Okay? Now, this tile has some relationship to one way over in the corner. All right? They have a relationship. This tile has a relationship to that one in the corner. This tile could be you. All right. You're in Franklin, North Carolina this morning. And there you are. And way over in the corner is another Christian in China or Afghanistan or Ethiopia or wherever. They're part of the body of Christ, too. And I have some concern about them. I'm grateful for them. What? What? Happens in China to the church has some impact on me. But my primary concern is right here. To those immediately connected to me. Okay. Now, I'm not an artist. By any means, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. But I made this. Ain't it pretty? Yes sir. Uh. Let's look at that one. Now as you can see these are not mortared in to each other. I that's I I didn't do that. But let's say they were. Okay? But before they get into the wall If you were going to build a brick house and you ordered brick from Statesville Brick Company and they brought 2,000 bricks and dumped them in your yard and they laid there for a few days and somebody walked by uh, looking, oh, they're building a house. Look, they're going to make a brick house. Uh, I need a brick at the house. So they just reach in and grab one and take it with them. So you come along in a couple of hours, and you're looking over your brick, and I'm going to dare say that you would not miss that brick. If there were 2,000 laying there, how are you going to know if there were ones missing or not? How do you know for sure they even brought 2,000? A brick laying in a pile can be taken fairly easily. But when the brick is built into the wall... It cannot be very easily taken. If I'm going to try to get this brick out, that's what happens. The whole wall is attacked. There's safety in the wall. There's security in the wall. But you have to be in the wall to enjoy that. Commitment and the loyalty of the bricks around you, the tiles around you. You have to be committed to somebody. Somewhere. To be part of the wall. The enemy can't get you as easily. Every wind of doctrine is not going to affect you like it might if you were just in the pile. The body is not one member, but many. I am not black. I am not white. I'm not Asian or Mexican or Polish or African. I'm not an alien. I'm not a stranger. All barriers, all walls are broken down. I'm a new creation. I have different DNA. I'm a living stone. I belong to the body of Christ. I have a place in the wall. So where do I fit? In a sense, each of us needs to find our place. But the work of finding our place is not ours. Listen again to 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen. God has placed the members. Each one of them in the body, just as he desired. I need to find out what he has already determined for me. Not make my own little choice of my own free will. He has a place for me. God enabled me to know that. Reveal it to me. The exact place in the wall that you've already chosen for me. I only want to be where you have placed me. No other place will satisfy. No other place will fulfill. Reading again verses 15 through 19 in chapter 12. If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's not for this reason any less a part. If the ear should say, I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it's not for this reason any the less a part. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smell be? If we were all one member, where would the body be? It's been said that the body of Christ is nothing but an enormous neck with a head. Because we all want to be as close to Jesus, the head, as possible. Well, that's crazy. Do I want to be close to the head? Absolutely. Now, whether you, even at this very moment, are actually listening to me or not, I cannot say. But the sound of my voice is being projected in this room. And some of you are with a little difficulty looking at my face. I can't help it. I mean, I could have some surgery done, it might be worse. But my entire body is here today. I do have five teeth missing, and some hair is gone. But my tonsils and appendix are still here. There's no self-deprecation in the body. It's the tendency of the less spectacular foot to look at the more spectacular hand and say, I'm nothing. I'm just a toenail in the body of Christ. And I get trimmed every month. No one cares. You know, this may sound like humility, but it's really unbelief. It's unbelief. Because God has placed each of us in the body, just as He desired. Every one of us. Every one of us. Youngest to oldest. Weakest to strongest. All of us have a place In the wall. Yes, my hands are more celebrated. But my hands could not be here today if not for my feet, my kidneys, my diaphragm, my esophagus. And even my toenails. Imagine a young lover looking deep into the face of his girl. And then he... Catches sight of her ears and says, as I look deep into your ears, your earwax is beautiful. There's just something about your ears. No, it's always the eyes. It's the eyes. Our oldest hearty family grandson, whose name is Lincoln, has twin brothers. And a couple of years ago when they... Really, really, really looked alike. His mom asked him how he could tell them apart. He said, "Uh, Tyler has kind eyes. Hmm, that's interesting. From a four-year-old. The ears? (laughs) They just hold the rims of your glasses so your eyes can see better. Paul does not deny that there are more celebrated parts. But what he is pointing out is that the more celebrated and noticed members would be useless without the less celebrated, more hidden ones. My eyes and my ears are not in competition with each other. My feet and my hands are not in competition with each other. No matter how brilliantly any part of my body May function, it cannot function on its own. It can only function with the support, contribution, commitment, and relationship of every other body part. And to fulfill the calling and pur- purpose of each body part, each one must remain in relationship to the rest of the body. Its divine placement. It's mutual care. When I get the flu and my throat hurts, my feet and my hands lay down with my throat. I ache all over. When one suffers, all suffer. When one rejoices, all rejoice. Are you a foot? Be the best you can be. Are you a toenail? Rejoice. Are you a mouth? Rejoice! Even toenails prophesy. They can. Are you an esophagus? Serve the Lord with gladness. He put you there. Even public speakers are sometimes bathroom sweepers. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord. Not for man's notice. It is the Lord Christ whom we serve. He will reward you in due time. Colossians three twenty three. Be faithful with the gifts and talents He has given you. I cannot be faithful. Some lone ranger Christian. Some spiritual butterfly flitting around, subject to every wind of doctrine, or what makes me feel good. God did not redeem me for that. I'm not just a brick in the pile. Holy Spirit baptized me into the body. Like the brick in the wall, I need to commit myself to the body. Over 42 years ago, I entered into a marriage covenant with Gail. I took myself out of the pile of bachelor bricks and willingly and intentionally joined myself into the wall of marriage. A wall of mutual consent. A wall of mutual agreement, a contract, a binding of myself to her. We got into the same boat and determined that we would row together. Together. Not me rowing to the right and her rowing to the left, but together. If you are not rowing together, you're not in agreement. You're not in loyalty. You're not in commitment. You can't get anywhere. You'll go in circles. Ecclesiastes 4.9 tells us, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. But if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist. A cord of three strands is not quickly or easily torn apart. When we commit ourselves to one another in covenant, God himself entwines himself around us. There's power, strength, security in the wall. In Matthew 24, Jesus prophesies that a time will come when nation will rise against nation. Famines and earthquakes will come. Kingdoms will rise against kingdoms. Some will be delivered up to tribulation and some put to death and some will be hated for his namesake. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. I don't know how you interpret this, but I'll just say this. In the two thousand or so years since these words were spoken, many have already found themselves in tribulation. Many brethren have been killed. Many are hated. And many have fallen away. But for us here in America, life as a Christian has been Relatively easy. But our time is coming. And in the midst of such pressures, many of us will fall. Some of us will betray our former relationships. The fire of persecution will try every believer's character. Listen to these words from Jeremiah 12:5. If you have run with footmen and they have tired you out, then how can you compete with horses? If you fall down in a land of peace, how will you do in the thicket of Jordan? If we cannot be loyal to each other now when it costs so little, what will we do when it gets expensive? Loyalty is of little value when it's unnecessary, but like salt, it becomes a precious commodity when scarce. Loyalty is not total agreement, but it is total commitment. Loyalty is maintaining a commitment to one another's welfare in the face of any circumstance. Loyalty will defend when defense is lonely and support when support is costly. I promise to love you till death do us part, It's part of the marriage vow that we spoke, in sickness and in health, in the good times and the bad. A people loyal to each other will walk in trust, in truth, and exhibit to a desperate world the unity Jesus prayed for. Loyalty bears all things, believes all things, endures all things. Loyalty never fails. Franklin Covenant Church. Now, I was not here when the name was chosen. But I was in Culloway when we selected the name Culloway Covenant Fellowship. The very word implies an understanding of and a commitment to certain truths. I cannot describe the meaning of covenant any better than the following definition written some 40 years ago by beloved brother Don Basham. A covenant community is a community of redeemed people. Bound together in covenant love, submitting to compassionate authority, manifesting peace, holiness, and family fidelity. A community where loving correction and instruction produces maturity. Where dedication to excellence produces the finest arts, crafts, trades, and commerce. For all life is inspired by the spirit of Jesus Christ. And is lived to his glory as a witness and testimony to the world. Those are beautiful words. What an ideal. But it ought to be more than an ideal. It ought to be reality. Reality. That's what. I want to walk in. Now, I'm not much for New Year's resolutions. Maybe you are. But what we're asking you to consider this morning is your place in the body. Find your place. Locate those to whom God has cemented you. If you've been living the life of a lone ranger, resolve to stop. It's not God's will. Don't be a brick in the pile. Don't be afraid of the C word. Realize it is God's desire that you join the wall. Not just any section of the wall, but the specific location... That our father has already ordained for you. That may be Franklin Covenant Church. It may not. I don't know. But it's up to each of us to seek the Lord. And locate that place. And when we do. To throw ourselves in there. In commitment. To perfectly fulfill God's will for our lives. For he has given to each the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. John. I figured I'm probably the one on the floor. What we're going to do? I really appreciate that, Phil. Yeah, amen. You can clap. (laughs) I love the Lord. You know, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I, I I love that He. He's so diverse. I mean, incredibly diverse. I mean, from last Sunday to this Sunday. It's still Him, you know, and the power and, and, and the joy and, and the expression and the serious call to commitment. We're going to have four stations, of communion, if those who are serving and ministering will go to your stations, please. This is what I'm going to ask all of us to do. We're going to play softly, the worship team, if you'll come forward. We're going to play softly. And I'll, I'll... I want you to take communion. But I want you to think about the Bible and what Phil was talking about. And ask the Lord. Where do I fit? Ask the Lord if you take the elements That you have sought me and bought me. That you have pursued me and loved me and included me in your family. And then I want you to... If you need prayer, there will be people who will pray with you at these stations. But the thing that i really like you to consider is saying to someone else, confess with your mouth, say to someone else, I am committed to the Lord and to you. I am committed to to the Lord and to you. I don't want you to say it lightly. I don't want you to say it unthinkingly. I want you to say it with conviction. That you are establishing covenant. It's simply an outpouring and outgrowth of the covenant that God has made with Jesus the Son. The Father and the Son have made a covenant for you. Right? And for me. And he's asked us to do the same with one another. Consider it. And if you are willing. And if it's in your heart. I want you to tell somebody. I want you to tell. Somebody. And maybe more than one person. And the Lord may put on your heart. You know what? I need to go to this person. This specific person. I need to tell them. I'm committed to you. I'm standing with you in the lord right where father has placed me will you do that let's just take time let's not rush this <clears throat> okay do it I can turn off the main lights maybe that the Lord said that there may be some that need to ask forgiveness for being afraid to commit or or stepping back from being committed because of hurts along the way. But the reality is he's calling us to what Phil shared. And so we just need to say I'm sorry and that we want to be a part of what you're doing.